Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Huh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Hello and welcome to the Money Girl Podcast. My name is Laura Adams. I'm a personal finance expert and author who loves helping you master your money. My mission for this show is to give you practical, actionable tips and advice so you can live rich and love the journey. Let me take you back to January 28, 2014. If you saw or heard the State of the Union address that evening, You might remember that President Obama announced a new type of retirement account called a MyRA. Now, almost two years later, the program is up and running. In this show, I'll explain what a MyRA account is, cover the pros and cons, tell you who's eligible to have one, and how to set it up. As always, don't worry about taking notes because I post the transcript for each show on the Money Girl page at quickanddirtytips.com. This is episode number 427 called What is a MyRA Retirement Account? And if you want automatic access to each show, I send out an email with a summary and a link to the article and audio file when you're signed up for my email updates. It's easy. Just text me. Text the phrase, get updates, to the number 33444, and you'll be on my list. Now, let's focus on retirement accounts. My RA is short for My Retirement Account, and it's essentially a Roth IRA, but with more limitations. First, I'll cover the similarities between a My RA and a Roth IRA, and then I'll highlight three major differences you should know. With both a My RA and a Roth IRA, you make contributions on an after-tax basis, which means they're not deductible on your tax return. Unlike a traditional IRA that does give you a tax deduction up front, these non-deductible accounts offer a future tax break instead. Here's how it works. After you reach the official retirement age of 59 and a half, you can withdraw both your contributions and earnings completely tax-free. But you might be thinking, what if you need to tap your money before retirement? Well, these accounts are unique because they also give you the flexibility to withdraw your contributions earlier without paying a penalty. That's because you already paid tax on your contributions and they're never taxed again when they're taken out. However, that's not the case for your earnings in a MyRA or a Roth IRA because unlike your contributions, they were not previously taxed. So withdrawing any amount of your interest or growth from a MyRA or a Roth IRA before age 59 and a half does trigger income tax plus a penalty. Here's an example. Let's say you contributed a total of $5,000 and you earned an additional $500 in interest. You could withdraw the $5,000 at any time with no penalty, but taking out the $500 of growth 
triggers income tax plus an additional 10% early withdrawal penalty on that amount. There are some exceptions when you don't have to pay the penalty, such as using your earnings in a MyRA or a Roth IRA for approved expenses, such as up to $10,000 to buy your first home, paying for college, paying for medical bills, and buying health insurance when you're unemployed. Since the MyRA is a type of Roth IRA, it comes with the same requirements and limits. In order to have either one, you must have earned income, like a salary or wages in the United States. You're also not eligible to contribute to either account if your income exceeds certain limits. For 2015, you cannot make a new contribution to a MyRA or a Roth IRA if you earn over $131,000 as a single taxpayer or over $193,000 if you're married and file taxes jointly. The same annual contribution limits that apply to a Roth and a traditional IRA also apply to the MyRA. For 2015 and 2016, you can contribute up to $5,500 or 6,500 if you're age 50 or older. Now, this is an aggregate limit that applies to all of your IRA accounts. For example, you could contribute $2,500 to a traditional IRA, $2,500 to a Roth IRA, and $500 to a MyRA in the same year. But you can't contribute $5,500 to each account. The annual income and contribution limits that I've just mentioned may change in the future because they're reviewed by the IRS and are periodically adjusted for inflation. Now that you understand the basic rules for having and contributing to a MyRA and a Roth IRA, let's dig into their three main differences. Difference number one, you can only purchase savings bonds with a MyRA. Unlike a Roth IRA, which allows you to own just about any mainstream investment, such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, index funds, and exchange-traded funds, a MyRA only allows you to own United States Treasury savings bonds. Your investments in these government securities are guaranteed to never lose value, which is terrific. This security may give first-time investors who could fear the volatility of the financial markets enough confidence to get started. The downside, of course, is that the investment return is very small. Last year, the return on these savings bonds was a measly 2.3%. Over the 10-year period ending December 2014, the average return was 3.1%. That's barely keeping up with inflation. Comparing these returns to average equity investments really shows what you're missing. Over the long run, the stock market has had average returns over 10%. And even when you adjust them for inflation, you still get about a 7% return. To understand which types of investments are right for you, be sure to listen to a previous podcast number 420 called Are You Making Investing Too Complicated? Difference number two, you can only accumulate a small balance in a MyRA. Besides only being able to buy savings bonds, another huge difference between a Roth IRA and a MyRA is that you can only accumulate $15,000 in a MyRA. That's it. Hardly enough to retire on, right? The Obama administration says the MyRA is designed to be a starter retirement account. Money you contribute earns a small amount of interest until the balance reaches $15,000 
or you've owned it for 30 years, whichever comes first. Once you hit the $15,000 threshold, you're required to transfer the balance out of your MyRA and into a Roth IRA. This is called a rollover, and it doesn't trigger any tax or penalties. And if you don't take action, the government will automatically do a rollover for you to Comerica Bank, which is a financial agent for the federal government. But you can also roll over your MyRA balance to a Roth IRA of your choice at any time. And the third difference, you pay no fees with a MyRA. While the MyRA offers little investment return, the one slight advantage it does have is charging absolutely no fees to open or maintain the account. Your initial investment can be as low as $25, and then you can make periodic contributions of as little as $5. For a Roth IRA, the fees and initial investment amount depends on the brokerage you choose. However, many don't charge fees to open or maintain your account and have no minimum balance requirement. Most brokerage firms charge commissions when you buy or sell investments, such as stocks or mutual funds, or charge an annual management fee that could be as low as a fraction of a percent based on your account balance. Remember that you can choose investments in a Roth IRA that earn much more than the measly 2-3% you'll get on MyRA savings bonds, so you can easily cover any Roth account fees and still be way ahead on your earnings. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation. Hey there, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, Freakonomics Radio. Every week, host and best-selling author Stephen Dubner dives into the hidden side of business economics, and so much more. He interviews CEOs, historians, and Nobel laureates to explore all kinds of topics, like why the best employees can make the worst bosses, and how whales went from being economic engines to environmental icons. If you're a curious person looking to better understand the world around you, you'll find everything you're looking for on Freakonomics Radio. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. One of the so-called benefits that my RA pundits are touting is that even if your employer doesn't offer a retirement plan, you can have your boss set up a direct deposit from your paycheck to your MyRA. Another feature they seem excited about is an alternative way to fund your MyRA, which is sending your tax refund to your account. Both of these options to fund a MyRA are great, but they already exist for IRAs. Maybe they forgot that employers can already create a payroll deduction IRA to send direct deposits to your traditional or Roth IRA. And you can also have all or a portion of your tax refund sent to a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, or a SEP IRA. So there's really nothing innovative in the MyRA program. In fact, it just seems like a handy way for the federal government to sell more savings bonds in order for Uncle Sam to pay its debts. Due to its low return and low balance threshold, 
the MyRA is not a magical solution for building a healthy retirement account. Since you can only accumulate $15,000 in one before it automatically turns into a Roth IRA, why not just start with a Roth IRA? As I mentioned, a Roth gives you a huge selection of investment options that will yield much higher returns, like stock, mutual funds, or index funds. Even if you're very conservative and only want low-yield fixed-income investments like bonds and money market accounts, you can own them with a Roth IRA as well. If you want to open a MyRA, there are three ways you can set one up. The first is from your paycheck. If your company offers direct deposit, you can give your employer the MyRA request letter and a direct deposit authorization form so they can send after-tax funds from your paycheck to your MyRA. But your boss is under no obligation to do this for you. And by the way, I'll have links to those forms in the transcript for this show on the Money Girl page at quickanddirtytips.com. The second way to set up a MyRA is from your own bank account. If your employer is not willing to handle a direct deposit for you or you're self-employed, you can set up recurring or one-time transfers to your MyRA from your bank. You'll find step-by-step instructions at the government website called myra.gov. Remember that you can also set up automatic contributions from your bank account to a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, or a retirement account for the self-employed like a SEP IRA or a SOLO 401k. And the third way to set up a MyRA is from your tax refund. If you expect a tax refund, you can request that all or a portion of it go to your MyRA using Form 8888 called Allocation of Refund. As I mentioned, you can also use that form to request that a refund go to your traditional IRA, Roth IRA, or SEP IRA. If you're eligible for a workplace retirement account, such as a 401k, 403b, or 457 plan, that's the best way to invest. Using those accounts gives you multiple benefits, including tax advantages, employer administration, automatic payroll deductions, high contribution limits of up to $18,000 or $24,000 if you're age 50 or older, and perhaps special incentives like employer matching. And by the way, if you want more information about the rules for different types of popular retirement accounts, I created a free one-page download called the Retirement Account Comparison Chart. You can get it in the notes for this show on the Money Girl page at quickanddirtytips.com or by texting me. Simply text the word RETIRE to the number 33444. Having retirement contributions automatically deducted from your paycheck makes you much more likely to invest. When you don't have to think about it, that's one less behavioral barrier to overcome. You get used to making regular contributions and managing spending based on your net paycheck. You don't even miss the contribution after a few pay periods. But if you don't have a job that comes with a retirement plan, I'm completely in favor of getting your boss on board with direct deposits to your IRA or MyRA. Sometimes the challenge is simply getting started and creating a system for investing that's easy to maintain going forward. Just remember that unlike a 401k, employers don't administer individual accounts like a MyRA or IRA and can't match your contributions. They simply facilitate a direct deposit of a portion of your paycheck into your account. And if you leave your job, you take your retirement account with you, so there's no downside. 
If you max out a workplace plan and still have money left over to invest for retirement, max out an individual account, such as a Roth IRA, or a traditional IRA if you earn too much for a Roth. And if you work for yourself or run a small business, consider investing through a retirement account designed for the self-employed. They offer much higher contribution limits than an IRA or a MyRA. To learn more, check out a recent show I did, which is number 422, called Five Retirement Options When You're Self-Employed. If you're a first-time investor looking for an extremely safe and simple solution, the MyRA may be a good choice. As I mentioned, it's not a silver bullet for building a cushy retirement fund on its own. But getting started investing, even small amounts, is much better than doing nothing. So take steps to begin and maintain the habit of saving for retirement using the account of your choice. Your future retired self will be very glad that you did. If you're looking for resources and tools that I recommend for just about every area of your financial life, check out my tools page at lauradadams.com. Also, I want to thank everyone who submitted reviews in iTunes. It really helps the podcast get visibility so new listeners can find it and I can help more people get the financial information they need. So if you like the show, please take a moment to submit a quick five-star review in iTunes. And to keep the money conversation going, join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. It's filled with like-minded people who are reaching for and accomplishing big financial goals just like you. To request your invitation, visit Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook or send me a text message for immediate access. Just text the word dollars to the number 33444. I hope to see you in the group. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week, courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.